welcome to season three of the ABCs to live your dope life. I am your host, Marin McHugh, and I am so grateful you are here. This season is all about collaboration and community, as most episodes will be a live recording on the online yoga platform, Superseed, and you can join us live to listen in and contribute with questions in the Q&A portion of the conversation. Expect raw, real, and vulnerable discussions as we support each other in bringing our whole selves into the present moment and display more of what we all have in common, a desire for safe connection and a longing for a space where support, diversity, and growth is nurtured and encouraged. So get cozy, take a few slow, nourishing breaths, and ask your heart to open. Let's get started. So welcome to tonight's episode, everyone. Uh, just a few reminders before we get into some content here. Mm -hmm. So as uh, I think most of you have been with us before, but we keep the, the mute on until the second half of the hour. That's when we'll open up the discussion for anyone who has questions or contribution. So to go along with that, I definitely encourage you to have pen and paper nearby so that you can capture any insights or questions as they pop up and uh, bring them into the circle later on if that feels good for you. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's about it for reminders tonight. We're keeping it pretty mm -hmm. simple. Uh, so tonight's theme is judgment. And yeah, we've, uh, Beth and I have been discussing this off and on for well, quite a, quite a while, uh, but big time the last uh, week and a half. So we've got um, some interesting points to share and I'm mostly just really curious, curious to hear what you all have to say um, and really how this conversation moves to us tonight because it's, it's always a little bit different each time. Yeah, so uh, just quick introductions. My name is Marin. I am an awareness and embodiment coach and I specialize in breath work and nervous system regulation. And I love all things self-inquiry and curiosity. So this feels like nourishment for me to be able to show up in a gathering like this and bring up a topic uh, concept and tease it apart and play with it and, um, and share it in a safe container where we can um, discuss and play with it. So thank you for being here and being a part of this. And this episode or, or these episodes are recorded. Uh, they're shared on the Superseed platform as well as my podcast, The ABCs to Live Your Dope Life on Apple and Spotify. So it takes about uh, two weeks for the current episode to go live. So if you want to listen to past episodes, you can find them on both Superseed and my podcast. Right. Over to Beth. Yes, and I am um, Beth. I am a yoga teacher and I specialize in connection. Um, so you know, connecting with Marin a few years ago was a, a treasure, and we've had some really uh, deep conversations on the path. And um, this was um, something I was really excited about being able to have these conversations and include others into the conversations that we have, um, and then offer them for other people. Really, to, um, I guess, get them to think, think outside of um, perhaps what they typically think about, um, as Marin challenges me to do. 
mm-hmm. often. <laughs> yeah. Likewise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like a bit of a a nice way for us to start is to unpack a little bit uh, around our own personal journey with judgment, because as as Beth even just described, a lot of our inquiry and um, conversations with people is about maybe looking at something in a new way. And I find going through a timeline on a concept that I'm really curious about already starts to really highlight how it's changed over time. And, and so it was really neat to go, go through that journey with judgment of how that's evolved, what I've learned, where I'm at. So yeah, I just wanted to share a few things here. And uh, obviously, Judgment's a big thing. So I could I could talk for several hours about all the little moments that I judged or I felt judged or, uh, you know, and that's not really the point here. So I wanted to really pick on some key points that stood out in my memory. And one of the things that popped up, first of all, for me was was actually when I was a part of the church growing up, The um, I was Mormon growing up, and we had some posters that I remember seeing that had little sayings on them and an image to kind of give you a visual of uh, a quality that would be really good to adopt or or something to be mindful of and there was one about gossip and I remember the visual very clearly it was just a series of hands all in a line and the hands for the back were just dripping with tar and further down the line were clean hands and it was just this process of passing the tar just everyone just covered in muck. And uh, I don't remember the saying exactly, but it was something along the lines of, uh, this is what gossip does. It's just passing the tar down the lines. And I remember being really struck by that. of like, oh, that's gross. Like, I don't want to be a part of that. Uh, yet, I also recognized that I loved to gossip. Uh, I remember soon after that, around that time, my dad uh, brought up an experiment with me to see what would it be like to have a conversation where you don't ever, you don't talk about other people. You just talk about ideas, concepts. And, and he acknowledged that it's, it's hard for him to do it. And that when he really pays attention, he noticed that most people around him talk about people. And that got me really curious of, yeah, that's actually really hard to be in a conversation and not talk about people. Right. So it started sparking my curiosity even more. So many years later, I was in my first breathwork training, the NUMA somatics. Um, it's a therapeutic breathwork. It's um, we induce non-ordinary states of consciousness. And uh, and I love it. It's amazing. And in this first training on day one, our challenge was to come up with our own current, like what's our biggest block or big, biggest obstacle right now? And I landed on judgment. I feel like I judge myself all the time. I'm quick to judging other people. You know, I'm really curious about it. That, that feels like a big obstacle for me. And our homework that night was to sit with that block and get curious about, well, what would be the opposite? And I came back the next day with the word compassion. To me, in that moment in time, compassion felt like the opposite. And what was so viscerally impactful from this training was that that next day, we did dyads back and forth where we're sitting in partners and we just ask 
one question back and forth over and over and over again, just unpacking this concept. And we all had to focus on what our obstacle was. So I spent eight hours in a day going back and forth, um, just being asked, what does judgment feel like? And I just went deep. I, it was no longer just the surface level answer anymore. I had to get really deep into it so that I could um, understand it more. And I remember feeling toxic by the end of that day, just sick, so sick of judgment and extremely excited for the next day where I got to spend um, the same amount of time focused on compassion. So that was a really pivotal moment for me to not only have this kind of curiosity around judgment, but then to actually fully feel it in my body of what it's doing to me when I'm in a place of judgment. So a couple years later, I was in a, um, a plant medicine journey and I had a moment where I was feeling a bit of judgment coming up. And I had been practicing for a while now that anytime I feel something, I turn towards it with curiosity and compassion. So I did that. I turned towards the judgment with compassion, just so curious about it. And I saw it completely different in that moment. I was able to be soft with it and recognize that, oh, it, its intention is good. Like it's, it's actually trying to protect me, right? It, it wasn't something that I needed to be fearful of or be angry about. I actually started kind of seeing, seeing it, seeing its intention, right? There was something else going on and it felt liberating to see it in that way. Like, oh, I'm not a bad person. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with me. This is actually trying to protect me and I just need to understand it a little bit more. So all of this really helped me understand that, you know, judgment is the tip of the iceberg above the surface and there's so much more going on beneath the surface, right? So the practice I'm in now and that Beth and I have been getting deep into is that, you know, when I, either of us feel judgment, it's almost like a finger pointing out and immediately it's this visual of a mirror of like, oh, no, this is my stuff, right? This judgment is coming up for a reason. It's not actually about the judgment. It's about the fear, what it's protecting me from, what I'm avoiding, right? And, and so that's you know, something that I would invite you all to be curious about as we move forward into this conversation is to, to really start you know, being curious about what's your iceberg? Right? Because each one of us has different experience, right? So as we can dive deep into what our own icebergs are, what we've discovered, of course, you're each going to have some unique things going on in your iceberg. Yeah. Beth, you want to tell us about your judgment journey? Absolutely. <clears throat> um, I was not raised with any religion. And so in all honesty, judgment didn't come to me until pretty late, like in my 20s. Um, and it, it came like you was gossip, where suddenly it started coming at me that, you know, don't, don't gossip, don't talk about people, that's not nice, that's judgment. And I, well, I, don't, I don't, what's wrong with it? Like, I don't really understand. Um, and it, it hit me in the face one day. I remember I was standing in a yoga studio gossiping with a couple other yoga teachers. And one of the yoga teachers said, 
um, quite abruptly, like, you shouldn't gossip about people, and then walked away. And it felt like, it felt like she punched me in the stomach, um, <laughs> which was, I mean, looking back now, it's like being judged by the non-judger about judging. Like, it's just this, <laughs> like, you know, like, we're all, we're all walking around, you know, trying, trying to do the best. We're all trying to do the best. Um, so it was gossip for me first. Um, and then it did turn into the mirror quite quickly, um, as I was already on the path of yoga. And so that, that concept of, um, everything that you judge on the outside is just a mirror of what's going on on the inside, which was incredibly confusing for me. Um, for example, if I, um, walked along the street and saw a guy with a beard and I thought I don't like his beard well I don't have a beard like what's the mirror happening here you know (laughs) or if I'm driving down the road and someone cuts me off and I think like oh I'm not I'm you're you're not a good person like I don't disrespect people like that you know so it was um that was kind of where I really started to dive in was what does this mirror thing mean because it's not just one person saying it it's kind of everybody saying it. Um, and so that led me on a couple of journeys. One is, is um, scale, I guess. And for me, what that means is that I, I believe that all humans have, we all have the same traits. So if we just said there's a billion different human traits, well, I believe that every single human has a billion traits in them. Um, it's just how high that dial is turned up. Um, so if I take um, I'm, I'm going to take an extreme example now, um, because I think oftentimes when we understand things, it's um, when we're hit with something really dramatic in our lives. Um, and for me, that was when one of my students was murdered. Yeah. Um, and so that's really when I had to dive into judgment. Um, because what I recognized, and I didn't know at the time, and, and Marin and I got into that conversation as well, is Um, okay, so now I have to forgive this murderer. Because not only am I trying to figure out what judgment is, I'm also trying to understand forgiveness. And how I thought I had forgiveness figured out. (laughs) I don't have it figured out, um, which quite quickly led into judgment, I'm judging him. And so when Marin said she got to the opposite being compassion, we had quite a good conversation about that as I, I, I think the opposite is forgiveness. And so the conversation came in was, um, what can you get to compassion or forgiveness first or after or at the same time, um, or which one do you? And I would like to get to that question on the road. Other the people that are here is, what do you believe the opposite of, of judgment is? Um, you know, um, and so when I, I'm working with students, a lot of times one of the things I say to them that kind of hits them quickly is. Um, especially when you have the like, um, I, well, I'm not like that. This, the mirror, like I'm judging this, but I'm, I'm not like that. So what does that mean the mirror? And, and what I explain a lot of times is oftentimes we walk around trying so hard not to allow certain traits to come out that when we see someone else flippantly walking around displaying those traits, It's like, how dare you think you can walk around and just show that off when I've been spending my whole life trying not to let anybody see that, you know? And so that was a lot of kind of the mirror work for me was, have I been hiding this trait? Do I have this trait as well? 
You know, if, if you have it, do I have it? And have I been hiding it? Or is the dial turned down on it? Or where is that trait within me? What is my understanding of, of where that trait is? Mm. Um, and then, um, then I think it came, it came to, it's at boundaries right now for me. That's where I am at with judgment. Um, that can you, can, can I um, be in a place of awareness that I'm having a judgment and forgive that person um, and, and then claim my space um, and not allow them into that space, you know, with no judgment, you know, so I, I can forgive you and I can have compassion for you, but you're not, you're not going to be within my energy field anymore. So um, I wish you all the best on your journey. And so trying to create those, the, those boundaries with my energy um, mm. in, in accordance with, with the judgment that comes up. Mm. So that's where I am at right now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. What, what comes up for me, even in hearing that is how, you know, one of the perspectives that I've been trying on is to really see judgment as a gift in the sense that it's, it's brought something unconscious to the surface, right? Okay. So whoever that was that, you know, did anything that, that made you get into a place of judgment it's, it's now an opportunity to turn towards yourself and right. really get to know what's going on in there, right? And, and that immediately softens things when it's, there's this gratitude that, oh, this is a gift. This is happening for me. And, and I always come back to the nervous system because when I find myself in a place of judgment, I also recognize that I'm, I'm in a dysregulated state, right? I'm, I don't feel settled, right? I'm in a place where I... I unconsciously am trying to protect myself by pushing someone away or creating a hierarchy that doesn't need to be there, right? So it always comes back down to what am I afraid of, right? What's, what's really going on here? What am I trying to protect myself from, right? And I'm curious to hear, Beth, I loved the example um, about the beard because I think that's a really interesting one. Like, okay, I... Every time I see a beard, a bearded man, I'm like, Ugh, you know, I judge this guy with a beard and I get that on the surface. It's like, well, I don't have a beard, so I'm not judging. Um, it's not me or, you know, it can get a little confusing. So I'm, I'm wondering if, is it like the feeling, the feeling that arises? Like, can you, can you unpack you know, that a little I, bit more? I, I actually like beards. It could have been like, I don't like your red shirt. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't have that red shirt. Like if I put the mirror on me, I don't have that red shirt. So what's, yeah. the, what's the thing, you know? But yeah, like, I mean, we can still unpack it. Like yeah. what is it with the beard? I can go into different thoughts, you know? Like is it is it a reminder of someone mm -hmm. from your past, you know? Is it a, a symbol of, of bad hygiene to you for some reason? Is it, mm -hmm. you know, like what what is it that comes up about that item? Um, mm -hmm. or that what person or situation that you're placing judgment upon. Um, mm -hmm. But I totally agree with you. I have, I have a thing where I think every single time I have a trigger, which really is a judgment, it's just an invitation to a higher frequency. And you're, you're going to have to turn inward to figure out what is the fear, like you said, that, that has me triggered, right? Mm -hmm. There's something that I'm, I'm scared of. I have, I have a, a fear. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's, that was big for me in this plant medicine journey of to be able to really recognize like, oh, it's trying to protect me. Right. 
thank you. Like, how wonderful is that, right? It's it's intention is good. It's trying to protect. And and I come back to as well of just understanding the nervous system in this process of safety signals and danger signals, right? Right. That we're, we're constantly computing from inside, outside, in between relationships, the way we think. The body is receiving these and processing them as danger or safety. And right. while, while we could say some things are objective, a car, you know, charging at you full speed, for most people, it's going to send off some alarms, some danger signals. But there are other things like that example of the beard or the red shirt where, you know, if I had an experience growing up with someone with a beard that was really unsettling, I might not even be aware that every time I see someone with facial hair, there are danger signals going off in my body. Right. And then, and if I don't pause and really move in and meet that and understand it, I can make up a story of like, oh, I just hate beards or I, I right. the color red, ew, right? When it's, no, there's something else going on. Right, right. And a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of the time, the way we're raised is um, control through fear and manipulation as, as children, yes? Mm-hmm. And so that means that um, when you're a child and your, your parents tell you to do something, you need to do it because if you don't, you might not get fed. You might not have a place to sleep. Like there is a valid reason to create those fears because you are at their whim to, to care for you. But then I think what happens is a lot of us unknowingly take those fears forward into our 20s, 30s, 40s. And we're walking around like children with these fears that that were created in order to keep us in control. And and we don't recognize that we've put ourselves in a little prison of fears that were valid at seven, eight, nine, but stopped being valid at some point. And because we haven't actually reflected on that, um, haven't processed it and I think that's a lot of what this mirror work this turning towards yourself every time you have a judgment and really honestly searching for what is that fear you know Mm -hmm. it can take it could take a long time to figure Mm -hmm. out what that fear is for me a lot of times it's in discussion that I'll be like oh oh yeah maybe that's the thing yeah (laughs) yeah 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 I think that's an important part of it is that these these protectors whether it's judgment or Oh, there's so many different ways we protect ourselves. Um, but all of them, they've been doing this job for a very long time. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so to to go in with the expectation that just seeing it is going to be enough to release it uh, is not really fair. Right. No. It's it's there's there needs to be a really patient and compassionate process of meeting these parts that are protecting and appreciating them for what they do and, and helping them find new roles, like their innate natural roles, right. right? It's often in the work that I do, it's like recognizing that, you know, these, these parts of me that jump in impulsively when I go in and I meet them and I listen to their stories and how tired they are and how hard they're trying to protect me. And, and then I can ask them, well, what would you do instead? Right. If you didn't have to do this all the time, if you didn't have to protect me and I've had such beautiful responses of these parts just kind of lighting up of like I can do something else and I'll get like a sense of playfulness or or like my own awareness pops open like oh I can I can be aware of more things right I can feel more I have more energy now right and and there are some other parts that I've met when I move in and and ask them this question they can almost be stunned of like I 
it's hard to even imagine something else because this this role has been so important mm -hmm. for so long and everything is so interconnected right they're protecting you from other vulnerable things right right it's it's such a right. sensitive system that i i'm just fascinated by it it's yeah a lot of the for people who want to know more about that process um richard schwartz created internal family systems that goes into this parts work and how to see your system as you're more than the sum of your parts. But but we have parts, the way Beth said, of like maybe a billion different qualities or traits, right? We have them all. And it's it's beautiful to start mapping out your system and start recognizing where there might be some some stagnancy or you know parts of the system that are just kind of blocked in this cycle because there's so much protection in that area. Yet they can right. be liberated when they're met with your higher self, this regulated, safe space with an open heart where you can meet the parts of you that's like the murderer, right? And be exactly. with it with compassion, right? Yeah. That's what they need to be seen and heard and felt and understood. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was, I mean, that was a huge thing after the murder, me trying to process through it was, well, then if I have this belief, then then somehow I have to have this conversation with myself that, well, then could you be a murderer, Beth? Do you have that trait in you? Which was really kind of like a standstill, like, like the, I mean, the immediate response is no, mm -hmm. but that is not. contradictory to my beliefs, mm -hmm. you know? So then I really have to like, look at the whole puzzle. You know, he was a schizophrenic. He had been beaten by his father. He had been raped by his stepfather. Uh, he was a drug addict. He was doing anything he could get his hands on. Um, his girlfriend had just left him. Um, and you know, like if you put all of it, could there be a perfect disaster? I don't know what it's like to be a schizophrenic drug addict. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I have no idea, you know? So then it, it did, there was a, a point in time where I had to process the fact that there is a possibility it might be 0.000001% that there's a possibility I could kill someone, but that possibility is there, mm -hmm. you know? And that, that absolutely led to compassion and forgiveness. And not only do I feel it let him off the hook, it let me off the hook. <clears throat> I don't need to do the judging. That's not what I'm here for, you know? Um, yeah. 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 It's an extreme example. Um, but it's a truth for me, you know, mm -hmm. to look yeah. at people and consider if you, is there a possibility you could do whatever it is that, that you're, you're judging on someone else? Yeah. yeah I, I think it's a, a good time to read this Gabor Mate quote yeah. that I, I found a few weeks ago that I just love. Um, you know, he was getting into discerning the difference between blaming and taking responsibility. So he says, I make the distinction between blame and responsibility. Blame says that you did something that you could have done otherwise, and therefore it's your fault. Responsibility says, yes, you did this to yourself, but not consciously or deliberately. You did it because you are programmed to do it by your own childhood experiences which in turn was programmed by your parents' childhood experiences. We do pass these unconscious patterns on and you don't blame people for their unconscious patterns. You try to, you try to make them conscious of it so they can take responsibility for it. 
there is no responsibility without consciousness. Right. And I think this is a, a nice, the way that it's, this is really framed for me is, you know, talking about boundaries and relationships and, and that point where maybe you recognize like, this is an unhealthy relationship that I'm in. Friendship, partner, parent, sibling, whatever it is, work. When you recognize it's unhealthy, that's an interesting point of, well, I don't want to judge and say, this person's bad for me, right? Or I'm better than this, right? That, that could, and that naturally often can come up, right? But it's, it's feeling into, if something is unhealthy, it means there's disharmony, right? And to create harmony, there needs to be space right? Disharmony is just like jagged lines hitting. They're not in alignment. It's, it's out of frequency. It's out of alignment. And to create a healthy relationship, there needs to be space, whether it's stepping back, creating a stronger boundary, that's actually for the, the best of everyone involved, right? So that we can come into better relationship with ourselves. And then that changes every relationship around us. Right. And I know we had talked about this as well, of how it's not about pushing people away. It's about taking so much responsibility for yourself that what's not working or what's not vibrating at the same frequency of you actually just burns away. Like mm -hmm. you don't have to push it away. You don't have to yeah. force. It yeah. actually just, it kind of just dissolves because yeah. it can't, it can't sustain the frequency you're at. So it's not judging it's actually just taking so much responsibility for yourself and trusting that if you're in harmony, then everything around you has to be in harmony or else it, it will burn away. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, one of my teachers, Kim Tang, the way she says it, just to put it a different way, yeah. um, is she says, you never have to let go judge you never have to push anyone away Beth like that was never that was never yours to carry all you have to do is stay in alignment with yourself all the time and as long as you're always in alignment with yourself all of that will fall away mm -hmm. and you just keep walking forward yeah mm -hmm. there's um another there's a, I'm going to bring up an Osho and he talks about uh, a, a being having a, a relation versus being in a relationship yeah. So the difference being, if I met you at a grocery store and I said, oh, I like your show shoes. And you said, thanks, have a good day. That was, we had a relation. Yeah. But the second we step into a relationship, there's all of a sudden um, silent agreements, meaning Marin is my friend. We have a silent agreement that I'm never going to punch her in the face. Mm -hmm. And if I do, we won't be friends. And mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be verbal. Like, I don't need to say <laughs> that to her, you know? And again, I'm going to use an extreme example. But I mean, beyond that, we probably have, we honestly probably have thousands of silent agreements that we've never been verbal about. Um, and and a, lot of, a lot of the judgment uh, forces you to start exploring, what are the silent agreements I've been making with everybody? Mm-hmm with my parents, with my lovers, with my friends, with my uh, coworkers, like what are all of these silent agreements? Because so often it's, it's not what we are saying, it's actually what we're not saying that are gonna be the clues to, to where the actual fears lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's like these, these expectations that we have that we don't even realize like, oh, that's not what everyone expects. 
that's just me. Right. <laughs> well, I had to tell you this. I yeah. thought we were on the same page. Yeah. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm curious to to hear if, if anybody in the the room here has a question or um, when you think about what judgment is to you, what the opposite feels like in this moment uh, or anything else that has come up for you. If you feel comfortable just popping on, you can, or if you'd like to put up your hand, if that feels um more comfortable yeah sue um well uh, hello I'm, i wasn't invited to this so just joined if you don't mind welcome yeah Hi, martin <laughs> interesting conversation i'm i i just want to defend judgment a bit actually i mean to some extent i mean it's good and bad right i mean judges judge first prizes and judges you know i mean you judge good and you judge bad i i would say mm -hmm. and um and I don't know, I think we're sort of judging machines to some extent. So it's, it's um, you know, what you do with that, you know, why are you feeling that judgment and, um, and, and what are you gonna, how are you gonna react to it and what actions are you gonna take as a, as a, re as a result of that judgment? But I mean, like for yoga, you, your yoga teachers, if you judge, you go through yoga classes and you judge people and you either give them a, a grade or you don't, and hopefully you don't, let people be yoga teachers who might hurt people because they don't really know what they're doing as a yoga teacher, right? So that's a good judgment to, to mm. differentiate. And so in that sense, it's good. So, and, I, and I remember when you were talking about gossiping earlier, I remember reading a, a, a book about anthropology or something and, and about societies that gossip more are much more successful than societies that don't because we all need to know whether to trust people or not. And apparently gossiping is a great way of doing that. Do people lie? Do people tell the truth? Are people gonna hate you? Are gonna be people gonna be nice? Are people gonna be trustworthy? Do people show up on time? Do they not? You can get some of that by direct experience, but but not always. So by talking to other people and getting the feedback through gossiping, as long as that's truthful and as long as you're not, you know, punitively punishing people as a result of what you're hearing, it, it actually gives you insight into trusting the the community you're in and knowing who to trust more and who to trust less so mm -hmm. um, so you know judgment has its place and in a merit-based society we have to judge but i guess it's how far you go and where that judgment comes from as you say i and, and it also reminded me last year last my father passed away but we had these people come in who um who who were looking who were who, were, who sat there in the evening uh, overnight and and watched him in his final days which meant the rest of the family could get some sleep right mm -hmm. um, overnight and my mother's older she's in her 80s and and she um you know she's an older lady with lovely lady wonderful lady but has her prejudices as an older lady one of them is she likes people that dress well she likes people that look smart and don't have funny colored hair and she she doesn't like tattoos so this woman showed up uh, to to watch my father one night just a couple of days before he died and she was dressed messily and she had multicolored hair and tattoos all over her body and um and my mother you could see my mother bristle when she arrived but by the end of the night this woman was the kindest most compassionate woman ever and and she hugged, gave my mother a big hug when she left the next morning and uh, and changed my mother's view on tattooed multicolored hair messy people and uh, <laughs> yeah, I realize this can be some of the sweetest people in the world right and this woman gave up a day an evening of her life to, to help us as a family so 
Mm. I guess it all depends what you do with it, but but judging's inevitable, right? We've got to mm-hmm. do it all the time to survive. And like I think it's just um, how we, uh, yeah, where it comes from and, and what you do with that knowledge. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's, it's kind of like judgment can be like an appraisal. Like it's a constant appraisal. Not only am I safe or like, can I trust this person? And uh, is this a good decision? And it is constantly happening, as you said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that I've been curious about as well, is that maybe we need to put judgment almost on a spectrum of like above the line versus below the line of like, what's what's toxic judgment versus like healthy um, positive from the heart, uh, constructive judgment, or, or do we use a different word for that? Right? Mm-hmm. It's hard, like, you know, a classic one is a large black guy at night walking down the street towards you, right? Versus a small, well-dressed white guy. Do you treat them both the same? And I like your, your, your comment earlier of, um, of you know looking at it and laughing at it and you know seeing your own judgment and and you know we should obviously we should try and keep two the same but by the law of averages probably in our society the former is a little more threatening if it's just the two of you in a dark street at night versus the latter for multiple reasons so you know where do you draw the line and and and, and which one do you walk away from which one do you approach and, and these are hard decisions right but it's good mm. to take responsibly and I'm sure you as women, I mean, you need to worry about it more than I do, right? Um, in those sorts of situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's really hard, right? You want to be true and fair and open-minded and unbiased, but how do you wrap that up into your own safety and security and protecting yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a survival tech. It's a survival mechanism, right? Judgment, really. And so I think, but we're judging things that aren't dependent upon our survival. And that's where I think it comes in from the childhood where, where um, the fears come in that we really were fearful of something because it was dependent on our survival. Whereas as we grew up, some of those fears that we're judging, those things we're judging are actually no longer relevant to our survival. So as Marin was saying, maybe we need to call it something or what do we call toxic judgment versus, you know, like, maybe that is the line where it's like, is this actually based on your survival? Um, and walking down the street, like that example you gave, like that's, I mean, that's a good time to have some good judgment, right? Like what's, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's part of it for me is that it's it's pausing and really getting conscious about the environment that you're in, right? Like, thank God we have fear when we need it. Right. But the But the problem is that, it tends to come up when it's not necessarily appropriate, right? So it's when you can create the space and the awareness and the consciousness to pause when you notice it and then check in like, okay, is this in the the place I am with the people I'm with, um, you know, in this moment in time, is this reaction needed and necessary? And if yes, thank you, I'm listening. I'm moving over to the other side of the street right this is not the time to go in and make a new friend it's late at night uh you know and then there will be other times when maybe you're you know there's so many different examples you could come up with where like it's actually not necessary maybe this is actually a a cultural prejudice coming up where in this moment i'm completely safe yet my body is giving me a reaction and a judgment 
like this person in this group of people is someone to avoid. Well, that's something that I want to really pause and question and get deeper into because that's not the energy I want to continue bringing into the world. Right. So yeah, it's that discernment peeps is so important. It's not about ignoring judgment. It's about actually turning towards it and listening to it more deeply. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes me think of my backbending practice, which I know Sue can relate to. Um, but I remember years ago where I felt like standing up, bending over backwards and putting my hands on the floor was absolutely crazy. Why? Because I might die. Like that's my judgment. Like <laughs> I'm probably going to fall over, land on my head, break my neck and not make it through this. So I'm not going to do it. Um, and so years of repetition, now I do it just fine. But it literally was this constant practice in judgment. Is it safe to go further? No, tomorrow. Is it safe to go further? Yeah. Why? Because repetition over time, I built strength and now I have trust inside of my body to support myself through this. And so that, I think the physical practice of going through that, learning how to trust myself and turn towards the judgment in those moments and breathe and just be with it and have assessment. Is this rational? You know, no, it's not rational. You can go a bit further. So then go a little bit further. Um, and then taking that into the outside world. But that's something we haven't brought up yet is, is the trust in self, right? Leads to so much of the, the outside judgment. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, anybody, anybody else have a, a question or a contribution? Uh, I'll take a moment. Um, can you hear me okay with the yeah. books? I've been thinking about the opposite of um, judgment. And for me, I think it's understanding because understanding you have to have that even before you can lead to compassion. And so understanding your own feelings, understanding the other person involved, and that can, can help you to to understand even if, well, maybe you, maybe this person, you understand what they, why they are the way they are, but you also understand they're not a healthy person for you to have in your life. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not necessarily about judging them, but just understanding yourself and what your own boundaries are and what you need and what, um, what you can handle. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and by understanding your own limits, your own boundaries, you can also have more understanding for other people that leads to more compassion and, um, and walking through life a little more gently. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Is, is understanding the same as forgiveness? I, I think understanding comes before forgiveness. Yeah. because it, it's all part of a process. I don't think it's an automatic thing. And yeah. sometimes it can take, you can come to an understanding that leads to forgiveness very quickly, or it can take years before yeah. you really have all the elements in your own experience to understand where somebody else is coming from. Mm -hmm. And I think understanding can lead to forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That sounds also very similar to um, awareness, right? Of, mm -hmm. of kind of pausing to get more information. Yeah, to, 
yeah, like you said, it's, you know, understanding more about this other person, what they've been through and understanding what I can handle in this moment. It, it sounds, yeah, like a, an expansiveness of uh, awareness. Um, I'm very curious about the word understanding, actually, and the, um, yeah, just the, the choice of word for you, understanding. Uh, yeah, what, what, what do you feel? Is it okay if I um, yeah, dig okay. in a little bit? Yeah, yeah when, you, when you say the word understanding, what, do you, what does that feel like in your body? Is there you know, a sensation that goes with it or a memory or a visual? I think it can be all those things. Um, um, it's when, it, to me, it's layers coming to an understanding of something is, is like when you peel an onion, it's got lots and lots of layers coming to an understanding within yourself. It's also sometimes removing layers, mm. understanding another person is going through different layers, like what you explained about the murderer and different things that he went through growing up. Um, you, can, you can understand those things. It won't necessarily mean you forgive right away because your own experiences help you to come to more understanding of why people um, make the choices that they make. And, and we can observe those things and come to understand and our compassion grows through our understanding of, of the very ex various experiences that we have ourselves and that other people have and understanding their fears not just our own, but their fears as well. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Um, mm, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's the, what's coming up for me is it's all, as you say the word and then talk more about it, it's, it is kind of like a similar concept of um, recognizing that you're standing on, on the tip of the iceberg and you're going under you said layers, like removing layers or getting to know the layers and then also recognizing, oh, if, if this iceberg is beneath me, that person must have an iceberg too. I need to under, understand, see what they're, what's under what they're standing on, right? So it's, it's just interesting the different um, mental models or metaphors that we can use. And I just keep coming back to, oh, we're, we're all talking about the same thing, right? It's... It, the different language that we use um, in our own process, right? Because it, it's such, it's fascinating for me, even like Beth and I really got into an interesting point when, when I said the opposite of judgment is compassion for me. And she went into, well, for her, it's forgiveness. And we both had really clear um, pictures of why. And, and I could totally understand her her explanation as I can understand, this is my mom, by the way, by the way, I can understand your explanation, mom, of the, the understanding. And I, I can just see how it can, it can go all those different ways, right? Because for me, the first step was really, I had to tune into compassion before I could understand, before I could forgive. It was like those things actually emerged for me once I could tap into compassion. And for Beth, right, it was like you needed to tap into forgiveness and then like, oh, here comes compassion. There it is. Well, what was interesting, though, is that you, I was thinking about having compassion for the other before I could forgive them. And I was like, no, I think I have to forgive them before I can have compassion. But how you turned around is you said I had to have compassion for myself. 
yeah. before I could get to a place of forgiving them. And I was like, oh, yeah. you turned it there. Um, which I like, this just came up for me yesterday. And I was like, wow, language, right? And it's understanding. So I was in a conversation with, with a, a woman yesterday and she was, she's a language person. And I said, understand. And she goes, I don't use that word here. And I said, well, why? And she said, well, it's a dominant frequency. The, the root of it is, do you understand me? Meaning you are under me. I stand over you. And so it's typically used, do you understand me? Do you understand me? And I said, well, what do you use? She said, I use understand. Do you understand? <laughs> Which is, you know, it's, it's fascinating, but it's what we're talking about. It's like going in this way and it's having an understanding. It's not understanding it. Like, and I was like, wow, that's really, that's really beautiful. Um, it really kind of struck me. And then the other one piece that, that is, is leading on what, what your mom was saying is um, the forgiveness piece that was handed to me um, that was really important when I was processing the murder stuff is that um, my teacher said, she said, Beth, first, first you learn to forgive yourself. And that's that inner standing. And then you learn to forgive the other. And I think that's when you start to release the judgment. And then you realize there is nothing to forgive in the first place because we're all just walking each other home. And that to me was like, oh, there's, there's a big piece there that kind of let, again, myself off the hook and others off the hook mm. with a lot more ease. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. yeah, did you have anything else to add on that, mom? Any other points or questions or no, you're good. No. Yeah. Thank I love you it for sharing. I love that we have the understanding in there with the... Mm -hmm. Yeah. With the compassion and the forgiveness because it yeah. is it's it's a part of it definitely it's part of the web yeah mm. yeah anything else coming up for anyone um well i was thinking the um the opposite of um judgment is for me was acceptance so it's interesting one person said compassion to compassion said forgiveness and to me it's acceptance um and the other thing i was thinking is um there's in terms of judging and letting go of judging like the murderer thing um there's the judging that's going on in my head that's making me feel bad mm. and and there's and there's forgiving that reaching a point of forgiveness in your head so that you're peaceful in your head but then there's the fact if somebody's murdered somebody do you need to take action do you need to judge them at, at a more you know real level in some way like putting them in jail or make having them go through some sort of training or something or that means they're not a threat in the future there's the practicality of dealing with bad people whatever the history of them and whatever the justification of their actions if you cannot remove that history from them and they remain a threat you've got to protect society from the possibility of them doing that again. Yeah. So there's the sort of forgiveness, there's the internal forgiveness, but it's not that not necessarily forgetting. <laughs> there's forgiving, finding peace, but but you do need to deal with the realities of the way people people behave and 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 take action sometimes. I mean if you're in a relationship where somebody's hitting you, yes, you can find peace with that and in some level forgive them so you're not resentful and angry, but you need to leave them or you need to do something to protect yourself from being hit again right I mean, mm -hmm. so there's 
those two levels of judging and where the judgment lies in your head or or in in taking responsible action beyond yeah. yeah definitely yeah this this came up a few times for beth and i as well of of talking about like that's one of the first things that comes up for me even when i hear the word judgment it's like the, the gavel coming down like yeah. judged right yeah. and 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 yeah there even i'm reminded of this gabor mate quote it's 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 not about um just letting mm. people off the hook right it, it's it's about creating environments where people can become more conscious so that they can take responsibility mm. and yes that means we need to create boundaries when there's harm um when there's harm whether it's yeah like you said in a relationship where you're being harmed or someone who goes out and commits a murder there needs to be boundaries there needs to be uh there needs to be some judgment in a sort where these people are are put into a different environment where hopefully they can become more conscious and take responsibility for what they've done mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah would you add anything to that beth uh you cut out on me so i didn't quite quite hear you um yeah, I liked I liked when when you said, you know, put them in jail or put them in some kind of program, you know, um, which I think is a lot of the problem with the the judgment that's happening right now is that we're placing judgment and it's not necessarily helping people become more conscious. Yeah, and so putting them in some sort of a program, you know, or finding a way to, to bring more consciousness to 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 what it is that they're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that you were saying that, you know, the black guy in the street, and if you're in a safe environment, you don't have to cross the street, right? You can approach them. And if we can all connect and break those boundaries over time, they'll no longer be the threat in the dark street because you're overcome the cultural social barriers the you know the socioeconomic differences that make them the threat in the first place right so right. um yeah there's some balance there mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely it's yeah turn to yourself when you walk down the street and you're judging that person that they might kill you well why are you having that judgment you know yeah, where did that both. fear come Take from the hand and find out why <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah. So interesting. <laughs> mm. uh, any anything else coming up? Any questions? Any thoughts? What's moving through you? I I'm just going to second the the thought about acceptance. Um, I think that I would agree. I think that is probably ultimately the um, opposite of judgment mm. because also with acceptance, we also understand boundaries uh, that are there and that some people need, we need to protect ourselves sometimes, but, um, and also understanding that sometimes we can't help someone 
um, I had I had an interesting conversation with one of Marin's brothers uh, recently who who went through some really difficult things. And, and because of that, when I see people out on the streets that are asking for money and are begging, I always give them money because they think I don't want to judge them because, you know, I had a son that was doing that and I love that person. And so, so I would look at these people and think, well, I'm not going to judge them. And he and I were talking about that and he said, oh, no, mama, that's not what it's about. <laughs> he said, you, there are people with all sorts of different issues out on the street. And he said, but you're not helping them by giving them money. He said, give them some food. So that's really what they need. They need someone that sees them. They need someone that offers them something to eat because often they are hungry. And, and he said, that way you actually see them. You're accepting that they're there. They have value. They have um you know, they're just another person going through their own challenges, mm. but, but have limitations on what I do too, because by just randomly giving money off to everyone, I was also emptying my bank account out <laughs> on a regular basis mm. by doing this. I, so I'm harming myself doing that as well. Mm. But by offering an apple, offering a granola bar, offering to buy a sandwich, I'm actually doing something that's helpful and seeing them and accepting them, accepting that I can't change their life, but I can see them. And sometimes just being seen can make a difference. Oh yeah. I was, um, I was sitting in, in Thailand with a monk on one of my trips and uh, I casual conversation said, how do I say, how are you in Thai? And he said, I don't, I don't ever ask that question. And I said, oh, and he said, I always ask, have you eaten? And if they say no, I take them home to eat. And if they say yes, I know they're good. Hmm. Which is, yeah, yeah, it, you know, exactly what you just said. And being seen so much, isn't it? Just let people, people need to be seen. People need mm -hmm. to be seen. Hmm. Thank you everyone for mm -hmm. being here tonight and for sharing and being a part of, of this conversation. You know, I, I always like to, to mention that I, I don't want to claim that I'm an expert in anything that I actually talk about. I'm just really curious and I love just <laughs> seeing where the conversation goes and hearing the different perspectives and, and noticing even what happens inside of me when I, I hear something that maybe I didn't expect or, or that I don't feel like I have uh, the right answer and, and just recognizing, oh, it's not actually about having the right answer. It's just about holding space and knowing that everyone's voice is included and everyone is seen, um, which I think is a perfect place for us to finish. So I see you and I thank each of you for being here, for being a part of this. this um, yeah, it feels really good. Hmm. And thank you. Thank you, everybody. I um thank you. as well as Marin mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoy conversations um like this. So thank yeah. you for being here. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very thank much. You. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody. You too. Good night. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Bye. <laughs>
You can find me on social media at Dopame, D-O-P-E-A-M-E, or check out my website, www.dopame.com. Bye for now.